This is Paladin Financial Talk with Jeff Foley and the Paladin Financial Team. Basically, the more accounts you have, the more opportunities there are for mistakes. So taking control of your assets may help you to avoid some of those common mistakes that investors make. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals, your money, and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here's Paladin Financial Talk. All right, Tony Shore, welcome back to another episode of Paladin Financial Talk. How are you, Tony? I am great. Do you know what I did last weekend? Tell me. It's exciting. I got on a plane, flew to Las Vegas to see you two at the Sphere. Okay. It is the world's greatest concert venue. And I would, I'm so thankful that I got to make it. I, my friend, a buddy of mine in Nashville, we grew up together, good friends. Um, He said, let's go. And I go, oh, you know, the money and the time. And he goes, I'm buying the tickets and paying for the hotel room. You just have to get the flight out. So I did it. Went. It was one of the most unbelievable experiences. Everybody needs to see this. Fantastic. So you're the first person that I've heard that has now done a show at the Sphere. So It is incredible. Okay, good to it's, hear. It's like 10 stories tall. It's a, the world's largest LED screen. Yeah. Uh, it's high definition LED. And it really messes with your mind because it looks, if they make you look like you're outside and everything on it looks so real. And there's not a bad seat in the house. The seats are comfortable. It's a stage of the art venue and the acoustics the sound is so good how fun yeah every time i think of you two we have a friend that we worked with many years ago and his dad was a huge promoter and he brought you two to the united states for the first time many 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 years ago and so there's a little place in my heart for all the stories that we heard that went along with that so combined a lot of cool things right there tony so congratulations how exciting yeah that was fun how about you you've been busy too We have been busy, but, you know, that might lead us right into this show. So Christmas is coming, clearly, and shopping for gifts and all of that. So, Tony, have you heard of the books? There's a series of them. Uh, If you give a mouse a cookie or if you give a pig a pancake. I've heard the give a mouse a cookie one. There you go. Okay, so there's a whole series of them. We have the pig one, the mouse one. There's a moose one. If you give a moose a muffin. So they just give a moose a muffin. That's right. So, all right, let's talk a little bit about that. So if you were to give a pig a pancake, (laughs) what, what would that pig want? Probably maple syrup and butter. Maple syrup That's and butter. That's what I would want. Exactly. <laughs> and if you give a pig, of all kids, pigs, people, if you give them syrup, what happens? They get sticky. They get sticky, and they're going to need a bath. Well, that's exactly how this book goes, or all of these books go. You, It's this chain reaction. Sure. And so moral of the story of these books are, you know, every decision creates a chain reaction that builds upon, you know, one another. And it is so practical. It's children. So first of all, let me say, as Christmas is coming, I would recommend these books. If you were buying for, let's say, kids age five, five and under, these are a great series. But my point in bringing these up 
are that chain reaction that happens. Well, it happens in the financial side of our world as, as well. So let nice me. Nice segue. That is. See, you yeah. did it actually. You set it up. We didn't even know we were going to do this. <laughs> okay, so let's take this concept and apply it to the financial perspective. Sure. Since we understand it from a children's book yep. perspective, have you ever opened a retirement account like an IRA or a 401k? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Most yep. people have through their employer. Yep. Well, when you do this, you're making A, a financial decision, B, a tax decision, and you're even making an estate planning decision. And most people don't think about it, especially if they're early in their career and they're just going through the motions of getting something set up. But at Paladin, we are big believers in that most financial decisions are impacting your taxes as well as your estate planning. So those decisions all go together. They're interconnected. And so when you're opening something like a 401k, you have options like doing a Roth conversion, right? Or excuse me, doing a Roth or a 401k. So you have all these decisions that you're making along the way. Tony, you've probably been through this. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it is. And I see your point here. Uh, One decision affects another and another. It affects, there is a chain reaction. If you have a 401k or start an IRA, it affects tax your tax situation. Got it. it has tax implications, you and then it. and then on and on. It also can affect your estate planning in the future, depending on what you do now, yeah. right? I do a lot of our writing for our social media, and it's year end deadlines right now. And as sure. I'm writing those, you start to think, well, why do they care? And you keep going through that series of, but why? But sure. why? And you can keep digging a little bit deeper. I said accidentally Roth conversions a second ago, that's a big year-end deadline. Yes. And why would that be important right now? Well, there's a deadline. If you do want to convert some of that traditional money into a Roth situation so that you're paying taxes now, well, why does that really matter if I miss this year? Well, taxes are scheduled to go up, excuse me, December 31st of 2025 or January 1 of 26. Right. And so that means you only have a few years to take advantage. You only have a couple of years to really take advantage of the current low tax rates, which are at historic lows, right? I mean, it's the lowest tax rates we've seen in years maybe ever. Yeah. Yeah. So what does that mean? Your decisions of, it's a financial decision to make a Roth conversion. Sure. It becomes a tax decision and then ultimately taking advantage of the lower tax rates. Because why? Well, it impacts your estate if you want to pass some of those funds on to your heirs and so forth. So you can see how all of this just wraps and we could probably keep giving example after example. But the point I think is probably taken as we we've talked about a few of these things. Sure. And so, Tony, with that, I want to welcome us to our topic today, and that is on estate planning. In fact, this is going to kick off an entire month of us talking about estate planning. And today we're just going to keep it very basic uh, where we're going to do some key documents that might be important for estate planning and just some other practical things to think about. So let's do this. Yeah. Like uh, we're talking about wills and trusts, right? You got it. You yeah. you named it and there. And we, we, the main reason our listeners need to understand this is you were alluding to it uh, earlier, is you want to minimize that tax burden for your loved ones. There you go. And decisions you make this year before the end of the year can affect the tax burden for your loved ones years from now, right? You got it, Tony. Yeah. That's absolutely is right. And 
we're hoping over this next month, you're going to hear from a few of us, but we are also going to have one of our estate planning attorneys on so that we can can dig in and we can get some good information out to all of our listeners over the next three to four weeks here. So let's start with some of those key documents. So the first one is a will. I think that's probably a word that people have heard. Understanding that it's simply a legal document that outlines how you want your assets to be distributed upon passing. Now, a will typically will go through probate, and that might be a term that some aren't familiar with, but we're going to talk about it here in just a little bit. Um, but there are some exceptions that um, that your assets might not go through probate, but in most cases, even when you're using a will, they go they go through probate. Another one is a trust, and I think you mentioned that one as well. It's, again, a legal arrangement that takes place, and it's where a trustee holds assets for the benefit of a beneficiary. And they can be helpful in, one, avoiding probate. I think that's what most people, when they say, should I do a will or a trust, they think of probate, and I'm right. trying to avoid avoid that. It can help reduce taxes and just protect your assets overall. And so that might be something worth exploring. What we do when we meet with our clients, Tony, is we go through and we ask them a series of, do you have a will? Do you have a trust? Another one that we ask them is power of attorney. It's another important document for estate planning. And this one allows you to appoint someone to make either financial or medical decisions on your behalf if you were to come um, if something was to happen to you. Right. And so that's a key one. And again, there are different types of power of attorney, and that relates to medical or financial. And then finally, one that we ask is the advanced health care directive. And this document outlines your medical wishes and uh, if, you're, if you're unable to make a decision for yourself. So those are some of the key documents that we look at and we ask yep. if they have in place. Well, um, but there's another one I've heard of, and this my grandpa did this with his land for my dad, and that's a transfer on death deed. What's... <laughs> Yeah, right? absolutely. Thank you for bringing that one up. Uh, it is. We have a kind of checklist, and I went through four sure. of our five there, but that that's actually one of the first ones we do ask about in a meeting, and uh, thank you for including that one. So we talk about it regularly with our clients, and we actually had somebody the other night, we were in a workshop, we host you know, our evening workshops, and that was one of the questions he asked as well. It's a situation where you have a legal document that allows you to transfer ownership of your property, so your real estate property, to someone upon death. Now, it, when you do that, again, another situation where you avoid probate, you transfer it to the beneficiary. And the key with this one is, is not all states recognize those. But because we're here in Minnesota, I wanted to point out that Minnesota does recognize they do. that. Yeah. Yep. And Wisconsin does as well, which I think is important when we neighbor so closely. So yes. both of those states recognize that. So thank you, Tony, again, for, for bringing that one up. Yeah. My dad, uh, fortunately, my grandfather had it set up that the farm transferred uh, on death to to my dad. So it makes it easier. Absolutely. You know, you think about um, all you can do ahead of time. So many times people don't want to face it or have the conversation and the communication becomes a key piece. Yeah. But if you can do some of these things, it really allows your beneficiaries and your loved ones to grieve and enjoy the memories and all the you know all the positives when somebody passes it's not a positive but there's some really precious time that you have yeah. with family and friends and if they're not worrying about these pieces that is a gift that you can give to them plus you don't want to leave your loved ones in a bad situation exactly uh, with a, with burdens yeah. i mean yeah exactly and that can come in the sense of um 
stress that goes along with understanding, you know, scrambling to gather documents, not having access to assets when you need to pay things. I mean, that list can go on and on. And so anything that you can do to help and assist in getting the estate set up before passing is a is a gift to your yeah. to your loved ones. So there's two or excuse me, three types of property that I want to talk about. And this is where you start to get deep and we want to keep this as high level sure. as possible for sure. uh, for our listeners here. But there's probate, contract and joint tenants. And so, Tony, do you know what the word probate means? Um, uh, Probate means to prove or prove. Ooh proof, right? You got it, Tony. Yeah. I thought that you might know. You do enough of these shows with us oh, and yeah. you've been around financial yeah. services enough to know that it means to prove in a very basic uh, manner. So understanding things like um, personal property, some of the basics, people have a pretty good idea of recognizing those things might go through probate. But let's talk about probate. So if people want to write these things down, it's a good good to kind of jot some notes down here. But the first is property that's in one's name. So that might be a car or a cabin. That's something that would go through probate. Investment accounts fit into that category as well when um uh, that that would fit under that category. Another one would be personal property that is not titled. So, Tony, tell me what like what that means to you. What what would be personal property that you can think about? Well, like if they have antiques or jewelry or some big collection that's worth money, possibly a record collection. You got it. And those are the <laughs> kind of things you've heard stories. In fact, I just heard a story last week because we've been talking about estate planning quite a bit in our office. Um, somebody went, brothers and sisters. The first person that got to the house was the person that started to take all the goods, right? So yep. somebody passed. That happens, and you hear that. And what happens within a within a family when somebody does that? Well, you know, you can imagine that that's not a good situation. But those are the easy things to get your hands on: the jewelry, the gun collection, and so forth. Yeah. Tony, since you and I both have uh, some farm background in us, so think about the farmers that you grew up with. When they have crops that are in the grain bins or something of that nature, do you think that falls under personal property as well? Um, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Uh, I think that it uh, it probably would, but yet it's if it's in a building on the land. Could get. Yeah, there's a lot of variables that go along with yeah. all these, and I think back to every conversation that we have is having a professional on your side is important. Sure. But it is the grain and the crops can fall under personal property, and you think about the value of some of that. Oh, I mean, and some of yeah. those farmers, and as farmers are aging, which we know that they are, this is one that could be really applicable to some of our our listeners that have family that have grown up in the yeah. farm communities, and so that may have to go through court. And court can sometimes take a long time. Yes, it can. Yeah. So it's important. The third type in uh, probate is tenants in common. That oftentimes gets confused with joint tenants with rights of survivorship. And that's when you actually name and we know who the survivor is. But in a tenants in common situation, uh, it refers to any type of property owned as joint, but, but does not have that rights of survivorship added on. And so the final one is community property. And we're just high level going to touch on this because Minnesota is not a community property state. Right. We're not. You got it. But Wisconsin is. And some of our our snowbirds that head to Arizona, Arizona is a a community property. And so you just want to know what is going to happen to your assets upon passing and if they are going to have to go through a probate situation and how you can how you can avoid that. So. 
Now to avoid probate, you can do that by having a contract in place. And that means that you have a built-in beneficiary relationship. So Tony, I'm going to make this really simple and try to bring it back to some of the things that are practically that people know. Do you have a group life insurance policy through your employer? Yes. Okay. And so do you remember when you were signing up for that, Mm -hmm. did you put some beneficiaries down in the event that you were to pass? Yes. And uh, of course, I initially put myself and they said, no, you need to put somebody else. (laughs) I'm kidding. kidding. But yes, I do remember assigning beneficiaries. Yeah, exactly. And so by doing that, you created a contract relationship and you assigned... I hate to say when you pass, when you're sitting here looking at somebody, but in the event that you pass, that would go to somebody specific. And so it it would avoid the probate process. You're naming and you're building in somebody to take that. A trust is also a contract. And so in that case, you know, you hear so many people say, oh, don't worry about anything. I have put I have um, I've set up a trust. Right. Do you hear that from people all the time? All the time. Well, That is good, but you have to put things inside of your trust. And so a trust is a contract, but you have to actually build it out or put assets in it. And so uh, there's two types of Yeah, a lot of people don't understand that and that process. And that's where your office comes in and you work alongside estate planning attorneys to make that happen, right? Exactly. You have to actually fund the trust or put something in it. Yeah, I'm going to tell a quick story here. You know, so many individuals are bright and intelligent and recognize the fact that something has to be put into a trust. Yeah. Nobody has to tell tell them that. But what they might also be is somebody that doesn't get the other half of it to done. And right. you need that accountability partner in place to check in with you to say, have you got all those pieces done? Because if not, it's just you've paid three to $5,000, maybe more to have that put in place with absolutely no use or no value to it. And so having that professional alongside of you can in simple terms, can be kind of an accountability partner along the way as well. Yeah. Okay. So there's two types of trust. Tony, any chance you know those off the top of your head? Um, Yep. Uh, A revocable and irrevocable. Good job. Very good. So exactly. So a revocable trust is run by a person, the person who sets that up. And that's most common um, when you're setting up a trust and you you are a fairly simple situation, you're going to have it be a revocable trust. Yeah. Just went through this with my parents. Great. So this is maybe you should be leading all this conversation, Tony. This is good. So just probably what you have done, the assets go into the trust and they can be taken out of the trust. So very simple. The second type of trust, so that you mentioned, is that irrevocable. And it's a trust that's run by a person or an entity outside of the person who set it up. And that's when assets begin to be gifted to the trust and they cannot be changed or modified or terminated without the beneficiary's approval. And that helps from a tax perspective. There's lots of reasons that you may choose to set up a irrevocable trust. Right. So a trust can be created either way, irrevocable or revocable, but the revocable trust becomes irrevocable when somebody passes. So just just a a few things on that. Okay, the final kind of property is that joint tenants with rights of survivorship. And this, again, is a legal arrangement that gives the surviving person ownership of the assets. An example of a a joint account might be set up this way, uh, and it also avoids probates. So that's a good option for people who who might not have a lot of assets, but they need to make sure it's, it's protected and sent the right way. Yeah. 
Whew, Tony, this is deep. <laughs> it gets to be a lot and it can be overwhelming. And I find when we go through a lot of this stuff is you don't know what you don't know. And so when you start to put it into practical application, it may make sense in kind of a textbook's perspective and you understand what we're talking about. It's the what ifs or the I don't really know if I decide this, if I decide to answer A, does it have impacts that I might not know? And so back to what we always talk about, partnering with a professional yep. is really important along the way. That's huge. Tony, let's move into some of the practical things sure. that keep this a heck of a lot lighter for yep. our listeners here. Can you think of any just practical things that they might want to know from an estate planning perspective? Yeah, you need to have a comprehensive understanding of your assets, right? Yeah. That's that's key. Absolutely. I mean, and when assets, a lot, and people might think, well, of course I know what bank accounts I have and what investment accounts I have, and what. But a lot of people don't realize everything they have, all their assets, their property. Yeah. Um, not everybody has all that written out or in a document or a good handle on how many accounts they have. I mean, by the time you reach your sixties, you can accumulate a lot of different types of accounts and insurance contracts. And uh, just it, it can really build up. You named it, Tony. In fact, I just got off of a call with a prospective client, and she's in a situation where her husband has been in the hospital for the last few days. They set an appointment with us a couple weeks ago, waiting to have that first appointment with us. And the husband has since gone in the hospital. And in March, he had a scare that they weren't sure he was going to make it. And so she has always been the person that's been more of the caregiver, has not been the financial person in her house. And right. so I think of even if you're not sure if you want to work with a financial professional, professional, going through the activity of at least doing a first or a second appointment with a financial professional allows you to get your house in order and become very familiar with the accounts that you have and what you know what that looks like, especially if you are not the primary person that does this. It, it gets you organized, if nothing else. It gets everybody on the same page, you and your spouse. If you have a spouse, number one, and then number two, uh, you can realize it forces you to figure out what you have. Yeah. And that's where and a financial professional can help you, a financial services professional or advisors uh, like uh, you have there, I think, at Paladin Financial. Uh, that is so important because they help you stay on top of those accounts. Yeah. yeah. I think often, oftentimes we meet with people who you have a dominant person that enjoys the financial side yep. of things. They may not be even ready to give up because either A, it's a pastime or a hobby that they, they enjoy once they've retired. But the other individual in that that unit doesn't understand the financial side. They don't have interest in it. And so right. even if you're preparing yourself for if the one that is the dominant person is going to pass, somebody else can be a partner along the way. So there's a lot of a uh, lot of good to going through the activity of getting your financial house in order in preparation from an estate planning perspective. Yeah, that's huge. And I think another important thing to think about, Tony, and this is back to that common sense side of things, is who do you want to have inherit your assets and making sure you have a clear understanding of your family tree and any of the legal requirements that might go along with that inheritance. Uh, and charitable giving. I think that's an important one to people. We oh, Sure. A lot of people like to leave money to their church or a charity. Absolutely. It's a great way to leave a legacy yeah. and to have, um, you know, something that you uh, cause that's important to you to, to have a uh, important connection with that. 
So in conclusion, you know, creating an estate plan is an important step to ensure your wishes are carried out as uh, after you pass away and just making sure that you partner with a legal professional to do that. I'm going to tie this back before we wrap up here to the financial side of things and really the tax side of the implications uh, before we go. You know, you can have all the documents in place um, and you, but we say at Paladin, documents, everybody, that's the first thing what they think about. But there is this layer of strategy that's really important. And that starts well before you pass away. And even before you maybe get that trust in place is there's so many things that are important to get in place and understanding deadlines like the December, you know, 31st, 2025, you want to be taking serious look at what you can do, you know, the next three years and how to take advantage of before tax rates go up. And so there's these strategies that go along with it. So it's not just about getting some some key documents in place, even though that's that's a great first step. We've kind of laced in the conversation about communication a few times as we've talked here. But the, the communication piece is one that people struggle with. And it's a really important one. And I don't mind being transparent on these these podcasts. I think it helps bring some things to home. Those communications can take place in a variety of ways. One, it's with your family members, and they don't have to be really tough conversations. They can be simple conversations. And I'll tell you about one that I had with my mom. My mom passed in 2019. I remember exactly where we were driving. I was the driver. She was in the passenger seat. We knew that, you know, her time was limited and that she was going to pass. And it was probably a two to three minute conversation, but it was a really powerful conversation. Uh, My parents are divorced. They've been divorced since I was one, two years old. Um, my stepdad has been in my world since I was three, married when when I was five to my mom, and I have half-brother and sister. And my mom shared with me that they were going to leave more of their assets to my half-brother and sister because they knew my older brother and I would be taken care of from my dad. And it was a very simple conversation, mm-hmm. and it was a great – like, I, there was no thoughts about it. It made complete sense to me. But if she wouldn't have had that conversation, do you think that I might have had questions on why or why it shook out like that? Yes. Absolutely. You just don't know what you don't know and you make up stories. And so it was logical, factual, simple, and short, but it gave all sorts of meaning to what they were doing because she told me why. Yeah, that's important. I saw a lack of communication um, really drive a wedge between some of my dad's family members yeah. after his father passed. There were four kids, and um, it, it just could have been so easily avoided. Yeah. Um, they're bad communicators anyway. Uh, they're farmers, English, uh, very, you know, reserved. Yeah. And it, it's kind of funny, but uh, in one sense, you look back. Uh, but it's unfortunate that it causes uh, disharmony. And if you want to keep harmony in the family, communicate, make sure everyone's included. If you have a lot of kids, make sure you communicate to all of them exactly what you want and why. Yeah, exactly. Our world has already become one in which you do Zooms and FaceTimes in in place of showing up at Thanksgiving table or the Christmas table like you used to. And so bridging and that gap and doing everything you can to keep it a unit is important. Even if it's a two to three minute conversations, it's really a powerful thing. Yeah, good point. Uh, the other part of the other side of communication, if it's, you know, it's not just with your family members, it's with those professionals that are in your world. And one of the things that we do with our clients is we make sure that 
on an annual basis, we one look at the beneficiaries of everybody's accounts and making sure those are actually set up how they were supposed to be or mm-hmm. if something has changed. But the other piece is, is as somebody gets their trust set up, we then sit down and we make sure that trust aligns back with all of the accounts that we have. And those are really important pieces that you have communication with your tax, um, your tax professional, your attorney, and your financial professional that they're all working in concert. And we do that on an annual basis as part of our annual review process. Yeah, and you're looking at the big picture for your clients. You got it. And really making sure that all those things are aligned and where they need to be for their personal situation and needs. So I I just think that's great. This is a great topic, and I'm looking forward to having an estate planning attorney come on the show uh, to answer some questions that we might get from viewers and listeners in the meantime. I know a lot of people have a lot of questions about estate planning and how to leave things. Absolutely. And surprisingly, a lot lot of times, and we're big advocates that it really starts on the financial side of things. All right, Tony, with that, we're going to we're gonna wrap up the show today. Anything else that you can think of? I know you spend a lot of time with your parents and you're going through a lot of this, so you always yeah. add some valuable insight. Well, I just, uh, it's what I said earlier, communication yeah. is the key, uh, but don't leave your loved ones in a bad situation. Work with a financial professional to make sure you're doing the right things to minimize that tax burden you're going to leave for loved ones and make sure you know, you don't want it all to go to Uncle Sam. You want your kids to get their portion and kids or grandkids. Uh, the more you can get done ahead of time, the better you're going to feel and the better your kids are going to feel and the better uh, your family's going to be able to handle the loss. Nobody likes to talk about, yeah. you know, their passing or a spouse passing, but you've got to do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Tony, that was a good wrap up. Well, thank you for joining us for another episode of Paladin Financial Talk. If anything that we talked about today is of interest to you, call us at 651-842-8406. You can also visit us at paladinfinancial.com. We look forward to another episode soon. All right. Thanks, Nikki. That does it for today's episode of Paladin Financial Talk. Thank you for listening to Paladin Financial Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Jeff Foley at Paladin Financial. Call 877-219-3199 or visit their website at financialpaladin.com. Advisory services offered through Paladin Wealth LLC, a Minnesota registered investment advisor. Paladin Wealth LLC offers advisory services under the DBA Paladin Financial and Paladin Wealth. Insurance products and services offered through Paladin Insurance LLC. Paladin Wealth LLC and Paladin Insurance LLC are affiliated companies. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. We are not affiliated with or enforced by the Social Security Administration, the Federal Medicare Program, or any other government agency. Calling this number will direct you to a licensed sales agent.